0: This episode is brought to you with the help from Powertech Fitness, a global leader in premier strength equipment celebrating over 20 years of being committed to stronger lives. Please visit them on Facebook, Instagram, or their website at www.powertech.com.
1: Good evening, everyone. This is Brandon Matloff in Los Angeles. Welcome to the Stella Oak Mavens Podcast, where we feature different mavens in different fields. A maven is an expert of an expert. They're the go-to person who you would want to ask all the questions to before making a decision. The purpose of our podcast is to help the listener become more knowledgeable. Today, I'm really excited to host Carl Terzian's former executive assistant, Carla Mercado. Typically, we want our listener to become more knowledgeable about mavens, but today we want the listener to be more knowledgeable about an incredible maven who is no longer with us. He built a company, it was successful, and he's gonna and she's gonna talk about what it takes to become extremely successful through his Outlook. A little background on Carl and his company before we interview Carla. Carl Terzian was a public relations maven. His company, Carl Terzian Associates, many people who refer to it as Carl's Table, has been around for 55 years. Carl would invite anywhere from 10 to 30 guests like you to a free high-end breakfast, lunch, or dinner at the Jonathan Club, the Regency Club, and other fine establishments. You would sit down, pass your 30 business cards to the right, and then Carl would intimately talk about the details of your personal life around the table before giving you a minute to share both the front and back side of your card. The backside would be the personal, social, philanthropic values that could allow you to distinguish yourself from everyone else in your profession. He had a photographic memory for the details in your life, including your spouse and children, where they went to school, and especially if you went to USC. It was highly entertaining. He used to say things like, next, you will meet a lawyer. Yes, we do allow lawyers at our table too, and everyone would laugh. Today, Carla will be sharing all the Terzian secrets, how he built the list, how he remembers everything, and what's next for the Terzian empire. Welcome, Carla.
0: Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: So the first question that everyone has after leaving uh, Carl's table for the first time is how could he possibly remember everything he did about all the invitees and recite it at the table? Did he prep before each event, did he prepare in some way before the meetings?
0: Uh, that's a, a very um, complicated answer. Um, only because uh, there were multiple methods as to how he approached this. Um, he one he we would go. We obviously would build the list. Mainly he would build the list. Um, I take a look at it. I built it, and I would say, you know, don't you think this individual might be might be a good fit as well? But um, because he built the list, I think throughout uh, as he would have conversations with people, when he would invite them over the phone, um I think he would always jot down notes about, you know what just what they just talked about in this conversation, as he was inviting them. Um, and then he'd look at the final list and he'd take a look at where everyone was sitting. Um, and then, as folks are talking and introducing themselves and talking about the front and back side of the card, they would say maybe a word or two that would just trigger a memory, and he would jot it down really quick. Um, and then um, it just all goes back to that photographic memory, where he would just jot down something about this individual and in their on their business card, and then he would review it. And then it was like for the next time he had that that little information ready for when he introduced the other, the same individual at, a, at another event. Um, so it was a very it was a very special gift. I think yeah, um, part of it was. Also, that he was so good at just connecting with folks on a personal level, whether it was an individual talking about their kids, he would connect it to, you know, something related to his kids, whether it was about the individual's parents, school, education, work, he just always had a personal approach to what was being said. And I think that's probably how he had a lot of information just resonate
1: with him. You know, Carla, I was I was thinking of all the, the events that I had been to. Um, a lot of times I'd be invited to uh, the same event, and then uh, but he would ask me if I had been to that event or not, and if I had, then he would try to move me to a different one. Um, I always thought at some point I was going to get a bill for all of these events that he was having. I thought, one day I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to get a bill on my desk, and it's going to be for all these fantastic events that I've been able to go to, but I never did, and neither did anyone else. So how did Carl uh, get paid?
0: Oh, it's funny. Um, he would I, sometimes he would tell a joke at the beginning of an event where he said, um, he would say uh, something along the lines of, "Oh, you know, this is free to you," and then I would say, "No," I said they all paid me. So um, <laughs> the uh, and he at first he wasn't a fan because he's also he was a very like very proper conservative person. Um, so he was he was in fan, but then he kind of caught on and was like, okay, we can joke about this. Um, but really it was just a very strategic business plan that we developed with the client. Um, a lot of folks don't realize that in order to become a client, there, there was a lot of cultivation on Carl's behalf. Um, and... A lot of back and forth. And, I, you know, it's like, think of it this way, Brandon, if you go to your boss today and you say, hey, I want to host lunches for folks so we can meet them. We pay, it's going to be once a month, about 10 to 30 people. Um, and we're going to walk away with business cards and they're going to be happy because we fed them. Your boss is probably going to be like, well, I'm sorry. That sounds like a loss. Like we're just getting, oh, we're getting some business cards, but we have to once a month spend X amount of money. On top of that, we have to pay a retainer for this individual um, to put together, for his, for his a firm to put together these um, lunches. And, you know, if there's a lot of cultivation that goes behind it because we have to, one, build that trust. Two, we have to, the new client or the a former client that's now returning, we have to say, well, why don't you come to our events again so you can sit around the table and you can remember the caliber of individuals that we're introducing you to. Um, and then once, you know, they feel pretty comfortable with it, with the system, with the um, the opportunities that come with um, being part of, of hosting an event like this. Um, then, you know, we were, Carl had something that I don't think, I mean, a lot of firms say they do, but he really, really did, which was, really, tell me what you can work with. How much is really in your budget for that? And some of them were very humble budgets. Others were very, you know, extravagant budgets. Um, but he would always say, you know, we're going to make it work with what you have. And if that means that for every event that you host, your budget only allows you to introduce five people, I'm going to bring a good five people for you to introduce because you're investing on this. in this. So it, it was a lot, you know, and it was a lot of me going back and forth with venues of like, well, this is only how much we have to spend for this event, but we still need to make it, you know, a, a really extravagant. And we still want to make it very, um, you know, feel very um, like homey. We still want to, you know, we want to show these clients, you know, what we can bring to the table literally and figuratively. So, you know, work with us. But again, it went back to cultivation because Carl had also cultivated great relationships with these venues. But then he knew, well, you know, this individual going to continuously come, and when he continues to come, he's going to bring about... And a lot of these so, clients were
1: non-profits, so they were working with what they could in order to, right. to to make it happen. And so, you know, he used to say in the intros uh, that he tracked $2 billion of business around the table. I don't think that refers to um, his compensation from all the non-profits, clearly, but that was... Somewhat a, a metric of how he figured out, you know, how great this could be for the for the clients and the, the nonprofits and the businesses uh, that were clients of his. How did he track the two billion? Was there any metric to that?
0: You know, I don't know. I do know that the that number was there before I got there. Um, and I think also that may have been an accumulation of over time, uh, what amount of time I wouldn't be able to say.
1: He did have um, so much respect in the community. I mean, part of the reason he was so successful, um, was all the people that praised him. You know, he always made everyone feel special, unique, um, and important. And what, what do you think it was about him that made him so universally loved and respected? How, how did he do it?
0: Um. Oh, Brendan, that's such a good question, and I almost feel like I'm going to get teary because <laughs> I miss him so much. Um, I think I think he was just an incredibly endearing individual, and I think, or I feel that, and this was even towards me and everyone he worked with and who he dealt with was that he genuinely wanted to get to know you and he wanted to get to know you because as soon as he met you he saw the opportunity of a friendship and he loved getting to know folks and even when he felt he knew you very well you know individuals surprise you and a lot of folks would get up on um, we'll stand up, and, and as they were saying their front and back of the car, they would say something along the lines of, Carl, I've been coming to your table for 20 years, and I've never mentioned this, but you know, blah, blah, blah. And Carl would, you know, jot down and say, Oh, wow, you know, that's a new fact. I, now I know about my friend. Um, so I think it's because he always saw the opportunity of a friendship with whoever he met. Um, he, and it goes back to what I had said earlier that when you had a conversation with him, he really was interested. And getting to know you. One of the things that I uh, picked up with Carl that I think everyone, no, not many people got to see because this really happened behind the scenes, but I think it's very important that people know, know this about Carl is that Carl would treat the person, right, you know, the valet guy to the busboy, to the server, to the manager, to the CEO of the venue, would treat him with the same amount of respect, and for me, I take that where I go now. I try to treat everyone with the same level of respect, despite of what they do or who they are, and that's what Carl did. I mean, when Carl walked into a venue, he would greet every single employee of a you know of an establishment with the exact same respect, enthusiasm. Um, and humility and would equally want to get to know
1: them. What Um, a great attitude and that should just be on everyone's uh, top of mind. I know that I can get better at it myself and um, spending all the time that you did with Carl, that probably was really helpful and you saying that and now that you're paying it forward and doing the same thing, but it's also the right thing to do. What's your email address and then I'll just repeat it for everyone. Sure. So
0: it's K period M as in Mary, E R C as in cat, A as in apple, D as in dog. O at sorry 429 at gmail.com with so K dot my last name Mercado 429 at gmail.com.
1: Great. Well, this has been a uh, fantastic uh, event for me and getting to spend some time with you. I really appreciate it. Carla. And um, this has been a Stella Oak Mavens podcast. If you have any questions about our podcast, uh, please call us at 213-243-449.